Welcome back, I'm Sarah and this is your weekly Witch Fix. Today we'll be taking a look at NBC's Merlin miniseries. This gem hails from 1998 and like anyone else in the UK I saw it first on Channel 4. Everyone remembers their first Merlin, or at least the romantic in me likes to think so. I suppose technically my first was in Disney's Sword in the Stone, but let's say I kept my real Arthurian virginity until Sam Neill and Merlin. This originally aired in three parts, and I had it on a VHS tape sometime in the early 2000s, so I'm showing my age again. Uh, later on, this series was novelised, but I'll be tackling those three novels, which include a lot of extra content in another episode. For a 90s TV miniseries, the production values are actually very good, and that's not surprising given that it had a budget of 30 million. It stars well-known actors such as Isabella Rossellini, the aforementioned Sam Neill, Miranda Richardson, Martin Short, Lena Headey from Game of Thrones, James Earl Jones from obviously Star Wars, and oh yeah, Helena Bonham Carter of Tim Burton's many, many films, so there is not a bad actor in it. Except maybe the soothsayer, but I think he was drunk. The series begins with uh, Queen Mab, who is the god of the old ways in this particular version, and is played by a gorgeously gothic Miranda Richardson. In, and she is plotting to bring about a resurgence in her dwindling Celtic followers by creating a champion of magic and fairies, a powerful wizard called Merlin. Merlin is sired by magic through a crystal that kind of looks like frozen Coca-Cola and born to a mortal virgin who dies in labour. So it kind of sucks to be that actress. Following this, because children don't actually age when taken to the land of fairy, Merlin is raised by an elderly forest wise woman and disillusioned priestess of Mab, Aunt Ambrosia, who is played by Billy Whitelaw from 1976's The Omen. I mean, she's good at childcare, you've got to give her that. Aunt Ambrosia survived the Christian pillaging of sacred groves and wells and now lives deep in the forest in a round hut that I covet to this very day. Uh, she's actually a really good character, very brusque and practical, but very loving and a very good mother to Merlin, which is good because although he has three mothers, he only ever really knows one. He's raised in the forest and it's all looking good for Queen Mab until teenage Merlin is brought to her kingdom to learn magic from her servant Frick. Uh, Frick is played by Martin Short. He's gawky, endearing and clumsy, but a very good friend to Merlin despite him being very afraid of Mab. He's sort of like a cross between Manuel from Forty Towers and I guess just any character played by Martin Short. Merlin learns magic but he also bumps into Mab's sister who is the Lady of the Lake also played by Miranda Richardson but in a different wig and kind of shiny and in some water. The Lady of the Lake tells Merlin that Mab actually let his mother die despite being able to save her with magic so he swears off magic and the old ways and he goes off home to Auntie Ambrosia. The rest of the series follows Merlin as he tries at first to ignore his powers and the political machinations of Queen Mab and the mortal kings then tries to defeat Mab by bringing a Christian king, which is King Arthur, to the throne. And on the way he falls in love, meets a dragon, uh, the Rock of Ages and Morgan le Fay, who is transformed by magic from a disfigured and lonely child into a cruel and beautiful seductress in the name of siring Mab's new champion, who is called Mordred. Now what I really like about this series is that it focuses on Merlin. And for me, Merlin is the interesting one because Arthur is just a twat with a sword. Merlin is where all the power is and so Focusing on Merlin gives us a hero who is close to the old ways and the magic of the earth and nature, which is beautiful and terrible, everlasting and fragile as the natural world it comes from. Uh, I think it really influenced the way I think about nature and magic and the way those two work together, as well as the relationship between belief and reality, because Queen Mab's powers rely on faith. 
that's the whole point of the series. She creates Merlin because people have stopped believing in her, because Christianity has come to England, her stone circles, her groves have been cut down. And in the book, which I know I said I wasn't going to mention, but sue me, um, it's mentioned that she has three other faces, as in the triple goddess, the maiden and the mother. But those have been destroyed because of the hard times she's gone through. She's lost those aspects of herself and only the warrior goddess remains. Merlin's magic is the magic of word and magic gestures. Uh, Mab is a more expert magic user and does magic by force of will. So she just kind of looks at things and they burst into flames or they move or whatever. So while lacking the ritual I do like to see on screen, there's enough atmosphere from all the historical setting and the gorgeous woodland and the CGI to make up for that loss, in my opinion. Uh, there's no, thankfully no spangly special effects of magic uh, and there is some CGI on griffins and dragons and I think a branch that grows because of magic and it does look a bit dated now but not as dated as like the first series of Buffy where basically everything was drawn in Crayola. Uh, a lesson that can be learned from Merlin is the importance of knowing when and when not to use magic. When called upon by despotic King Vortigan, Merlin is able to tell the king why his castle won't stand with the use of common sense not magic. Mortigan's architects are actually trying to build the castle over a subterranean lake and so it keeps falling down. No episode of grand designs for that guy. Often Merlin achieves his goals through cunning rather than magic and it is a running theme that he actually dislikes using magic and dislikes the hollow nature of Mab's magic. It's to him all tricks and glitter and no substance. Uh, I think that's something that anyone who's seen the inside of a so-called occult shop recently can understand because they're all bespoke robes and resin ornaments and mass-produced lead crystals and they don't make you magical, they don't improve your life in any way and Merlin is very much about the natural by taking just a stick off the ground and using it he saves someone's life that brings us neatly to content warnings there is incest as anyone knows who knows the story uh, morgan le fay and king arthur do share a mother and they sleep together to sire mab's new champion also arthur doesn't know this when they sleep together but morgan le fay does so that's very dodgy uh, and there is another situation of rather dubious consent when uthred glamoured to look like the lady Grain's husband takes her to bed I say it's dubious because it's kind of implied when they meet that she is a bit into him and her husband very quickly kind of like gets her out of the king's way because he doesn't want her to stray but it still isn't the greatest almost clear cut of situation so I thought I'd mention it. There's also a really quite incredibly racist moment where Martin Short, poor Martin Short, while shapeshifting into a bunch of different guises to kind of welcome Merlin to the world of magic becomes a Chinese man, Martin Short not being Chinese and he's got facial prosthetics and a really, really racist accent. Oh, 1998. There is not a very diverse cast to this, considering it was Britain and the Romans had marched all across it. They left very little behind in the way of colour, apparently. Uh, James L. Jones is in it, but as a voice only, naturally. You can find Merlin on DVD. It did come free with the newspapers a while ago, so there's lots of copies of that floating around. It's probably also available to stream from YouTube or Amazon for a price. A price that's probably very low. The following is an excerpt from the script of Merlin, the miniseries.
I swear on Ambrosia's grave, in the grave of my mother, I'll only ever use my powers to defeat Queen Mab. On this I swear. And thus I set my course. I knew Mab had heard me, but right from the start she believed she could make me break my oath. After all, part of her was in me, and so she waited patiently in the shadows for the time when she could strike and make me see the error of my ways. So the world turned and turned again. The rain fell on the just and unjust alike. Men and women were cut down like wheat, to be born again strong. Mab had to wait for years, but it didn't matter. Those years passed as if in seconds. This has been your Witch Fix. Remember, you can get in touch at witchfixpodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like, you can support the podcast by purchasing a copy of my own novel, Wayward, on Amazon for 99p. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I'll see you next week. Bye.